Welcome back to the Commission Casey Podcast Series. As always, I am Casey Simons. I'm the host of this series. So excited you've chosen to join me today. Uh, I want to take some time to break down the Major League Baseball games that were played on April the 15th. Um, and we're going to get started with some hitters. We'll work on our way into some pitchers. So let's get cranking with those hitters first. Let's call this hitters section today somebody that I used to know because I've got three hitters that we used to know who are showing out early in the season and maybe might come back to what they used to be. Let's start with Mitch Hanniger. was a top 20 outfielder just a few seasons ago. You know, had a series of unfortunate injuries, um, but is back this year and really playing good baseball right now. Doubleheader yesterday in Seattle, went three for eight with two home runs, three RBIs. On the season, up to 321, four homers, 10 RBIs. Remember in his, his breakout season a few years ago, this was a guy who gave you a good average, gave you some pop, drove in some runs. Don't see any reason he can't be back to actually have Mitch Hanniger on a few different rosters. From there, let's pivot over to Jed Lowry. Yes, I said Jed Lowry. We used to know him back in 2018. He would hit 277 with 23 home runs, 99 RBI from the middle infield, a good solid contributor. Uh, Jed Lowry was free in drafts this year, still widely available if you need a player. Yesterday, two for four with a run scored and RBI on the season. 348, two homers, 12 RBIs. If Jed Lowry can get anywhere near, let's let's ballpark it at 260 with 20 home runs, 90 RBIs from a middle infielder. He would take that all day long back in Oakland where he did have some success earlier in his career. Finally, let's go to Jerks and Profar. I don't know if you guys are old as I am to remember back in the day when Jerks and Profar was like the number one prospect in baseball that everyone was fawning over. Well, he struggled, and then he kind of caught up a little bit. Remember, he had back-to-back 20 home run seasons in 2018 and 2019. Did contribute 10 steals in one of those seasons. So right now, he went two for four yesterday with two runs and stole a base. On the season, he's at 295. The big thing here is already three stolen bases. If Jerks and Profar can get you, let's just say 15 steals. The, the homers, I do believe, will come. I do believe they'll have 15 to 20 of those. You could have a 15-15 player, maybe even a 20-20 player. And as long as he doesn't kill you in the average category, can keep it 250 or north of that, this could be a good player. Again, much like Jed, Rowley, uh, Jed Lowry, someone available if you want to go out there and look for him. Now, it uh, looks like he's only outfielder eligible right now in most websites. But still... Speed is at a premium right now, and he's a guy that can give you some. And remember, it wasn't that long ago. He was one of the top prospects in all of baseball. So from there, let's pivot over to the pitchers. All right, we've got to talk about a couple of pitchers who are kind of scuffling right now. Let's start with Chris Paddock. I have long loved Chris Paddock. I thought he has the, the skill set, the makeup to be a really top uh, top-end pitcher. He is not pitching like a top-end pitcher right now. You know, he put together a great 2019, kind of struggled to back it up in the shortened season last year, and just hasn't put it all together yet this year either. So yesterday, he was staked to a four-run first-inning lead. The San Diego was in Pittsburgh. So San Diego's offense scores four runs. He's facing one of the worst lineups in all of baseball, and he was yesterday was a struggle the whole time. I watched most of his uh, his pitches. Uh, five innings. He did allow three runs, only one earned because there was an error in there. But five hits, two walks, only four strikeouts, 99 pitches to get through five against a bad Pittsburgh team when you have the lead. Not great. 
uh, on the season. Looking at 4.15 ERA, 1.46 whip, only 10 Ks and 13 innings in a year where starters, all starters are actually doing more than one strikeout per inning. And he's at 10 strikeouts and 13 innings. It's just kind of been meh so far for Chris Paddock. Look, I'm not dropping him. I still believe in him, but boy, I would have some hesitancy to get him started right now in like category leagues and roto leagues. He's tough to pull the trigger on a start right now, given what he is doing. Uh, I want to pivot from there to Patrick Corbin. Yeesh. Two innings, nine earned runs, 10 runs allowed, nine of them earned, six hits, four walks, a single strikeout. On the season, Patrick Corbin's ERA sits at 21.32, and his whip sits at an even three. Yikes. He was one of the worst pitchers in baseball last year. And I think, you know, so much of last year is easy to just say it was a short season, whatever. I don't know how much longer you keep saying whatever about Patrick Corbin. I'm assuming to get him, you probably invested anywhere between a a kind of later mid-round pick on him. So I, I can understand if you don't want to cut him. If you do want to cut him, I have no problems with that. I have my one roster, and quite frankly, I'm thinking about letting him go. Um, I have made that final decision. I need to go out there on the wire and look at who's available. But if I can have any of these younger pitchers who are off to good starts, if they're still available, I'm in. Patrick Corbin's out. So been a rough go with him. Um, I do quickly want to touch on two closer situations. Not a lot happening in the closer department yesterday. Um, David Price got a save because Kenley Jansen needed a day off. Um, but I want to talk about two situations. Been watching the Ranger situation. Certainly appears to be Ian Kennedy. Had a clean inning with two strikeouts yesterday. It was his third save on the season. Does sport a 3.6 ERA with a 1.2 whip. However, has not walked a single batter yet and has struck out eight guys in five innings. So I have no concerns that he is, at this point, the closer for Texas moving forward. I'm going to talk about the Seattle closer situation. You know, I highlighted Rafael Montero in one of the early episodes. Rafael Montero has now blown three saves. I shouldn't say blown three saves. He has he has three times he's come in and not held a lead because one of those was a tie game. Yeesh. Kendall Graveman took over, uh, got the save today. So Montero worked. It was a seven-inning doubleheader. So Montero worked in the sixth. Graveman worked in the seventh, got the save. They actually have a save situation in the second game, but since they had already worked both closers, um, that's the way it was. This is the second straight day Montero has worked ahead of Graveman. Now, yesterday it was probably because Montero came in and didn't get the job done, and Graveman had to come mop up for him. But look, I, Kendall Graveman has been great this year. He has not allowed an earned run. He has a .5 whip. He has struck out six guys in six innings. He had a clean inning yesterday. I, Kendall Graveman may very well be Seattle's closer, and Rafael Montero might be moving to the eighth inning guy. So if Kendall Gregman is available, he's absolutely a guy that would interest me in a potential speculated pickup, speculation pickup. So you may want to keep your eye on that situation. I don't know, obviously, that's firm and established because I do think Rafael Montero has some skills, but I would be watching out. So that's all I got for today. Thanks so much for listening in. I do appreciate it. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Please check us out on the web at www.commissioncasey.com and check us out on Twitter at Commission Casey. We will talk to you very soon.